some companies still know how business casual is done. It's strictly business. All right. Happy Friday, everybody. It's the last Friday before Thanksgiving break for everyone in the work world. So I know some people might be working uh, Wednesday and Friday next week, but um, we're excited to bring you a new episode before the holiday rush. This is Jeffrey Short hosting alongside Taylor Bagley. Taylor, you're making your business casual debut, correct? I am, and I'm really excited to be here today, Jeff. Uh, we've we've hosted a couple shows together I know, here this now is, this uh, week. Back to yeah, back, we're getting yeah. that rapport going. It's nice. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, we have a great show lined up. Uh, it's kind of a tech-oriented show today, which is uh, just kind of the way it, it goes, but it's uh, tech in very different parts of just the business world and consumers' lives. So. Um, anything you're particularly looking forward to uh, on this show or anything that's piqued your interest in the news the last couple of days? Yeah, absolutely. And I know that we're definitely going to touch here on this, but, uh, you know, Tesla's Cybertruck mm-hmm. obviously being kind of a big talk here of the last uh, day or two. Um, you know, I, I, I obviously this is a company that we follow pretty closely right. here at market scale and at least myself. And uh, um, yeah, it's, it's always interesting to see when they put something out on the market or if anybody is responding to them mm-hmm. and, and their products. So uh, I assume that we're going to be seeing a lot more news come out about this here. Yeah. Right? I mean, Elon Musk always knows how to stir the pot <laughs> at opportune time. So yeah, I mean, you just alluded to that first story, the Tesla unveiling of their new Cybertruck. We're going to get into that in a minute. Uh, we're also going to be talking about AI and how it's affecting cities. You know, Vegas has some news updates where they're using AI in a pretty uh, innovative way to help ease congestion. I think that's something that people that live in cities all over the world can get behind. So we'll see how it works in Vegas and, and how it spreads out there. From there, we're going to talk about UPS. They are also innovating pretty frequently. We've talked about them on recent episodes of this program about how they use drones, how they're using uh, tools in the medical space to make sure that medicine gets delivered more accurately. And that's something that we'll be talking about in particular is their their precision uh, tracking of medical products. We'll get to that later. And then finally, again, kind of what we did on, um, I think it was last week, we spoke about how KFC is trying to go frictionless from their ordering to their delivery. Uh, Chipotle is doing something a little bit in that same vein. They're they're partnering with Amazon, Alexa to help consumers. So we're going to end with more food. I think that's always uh, a good show format, ending with something fun like that. So let's just dive into Tesla, though, right now, Taylor. Um, you're uh, someone that follows Tesla, like you said. So, a muskrat. Yeah, a muskrat, <laughs> an elongated muskrat. Uh, so the big news this week, they uh, had their big press event for the Cybertruck. It looks like a very futuristic vehicle, but I mean, it, it's obviously you know practical. It's going to be on the roads, and I think 2021 is sort of the, the target date. But um, what were your, your sort of initial reactions to just what it looks like, some of the capabilities? Just give us your thoughts. Yeah. Um, so this was announced in 2017, at least just the, the talks of, of having a truck from Tesla. Um, and I, and I don't think anybody was really under the impression that we were going to get your kind of run-of-the-mill pickup truck here. <laughs> right. um, and and I, I love that you touched on practicality of it, because when you see it, that's probably the furthest thing from your mind <laughs> <laughs> when it, uh, uh, you know, you kind of see some of that tri- triangular design, some right. of the, uh, the aesthetics that go into a car that doesn't have the components of a regular vehicle. And, and I think we're starting to see some of the uh, uh, first steps that... Um, on how we're going to start designing vehicles um, around a uh, um, you know an engineless and drivetrainless you know system. Um, I- 
Although, you know, this is pretty left field, you know, even right. for, for me. But uh, I, I'm a fan. I might be in a, a minority there. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I mean, anytime you get a product that looks like this, you get that initial sort of backlash. And I mm-hmm. think the critics are always louder, at least at the beginning. Oh, um, yeah. I think it'll probably grow on people. But yeah, for, you know, this might not be the best format to dive into the design just because we're on radio. But I mean, for people who haven't seen it, it really looks like yeah. what you would picture a... George Jetson type pickup truck. It's a triangular, silver, metallic, uh, sort of almost warlike vehicle. Exactly. But, um, and I, I can see military application. Mm-hmm. I can see um, a, I mean, it has a, a rugged design that looks like it's almost, um, you know, function over, you know, this kind of form here. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and, I think that that was deliberate because it's it's yeah. certainly yeah. <laughs> about about the design aspect. I mean, we talked about Elon Musk going to Mars. It looks like something that yes. would be roving the surface Absolutely. of Mars a little bit. I'm actually happy that you just brought up the military application potential yeah. for this because I don't think it's something that they've outright said, but a lot of what they were displaying yesterday is sort of about mm-hmm. I mean, they made a big deal about this car being bulletproof basically mm-hmm. and the glass being bulletproof. Um, so that's something that's interesting. I wonder if if they do have eyes on yeah, I, off-road uh, applications. I'd imagine too that just you know automated fleet technology, which is a uh, you know a forefront of Tesla's um, you know technology and, and kind of their product line. Um, I, I think it just makes sense that, th- that that would be the case there. You know, I don't necessarily see uh, my dad buying one of those to take to work, right. you know, uh, on yeah. a day to day basis. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I could see it uh, having kind of a, a specific functions within, you know, military, within industrial uh, uh, use cases. And, um, you know, and, and I could see it, uh, you know, cruising around downtown as well. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like honestly, some cars that you already see driving around a city are even more jaw dropping in terms of just design and all of that. So we'll see. But um, <clears throat> yeah, just to go back to like the military application and their emphasis on sort of toughness, they had people out yesterday mm-hmm. smashing a sledgehammer into the side of the door and mm-hmm. comparing it to other pickup trucks that are on the market. So that's something. And they were. They did say that it was bulletproof glass, but they threw a metal ball in the window and it shattered. So they, yeah. they have some work cut out. <laughs> uh, they, luckily, if they are going to launch this in 2021, they have more than a year to fix it. Um, some of the other specs on this, just to get some of the facts out to everyone, it's it's an electric, right? It's electric yep. base. So it's, yes. <clears throat> it says here it can go up to 500 miles on a full charge and the base model's will come with a range of 250 miles. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that stacks up necessarily to other electric vehicles on the road right it's now. It's pretty good. But, you know, yeah. that, that's that's pretty high. And I also think that a truck, you Especially, know, yeah, for a pickup truck, exactly. you're talking about a, a, what would be considered like a gas guzzler otherwise, exactly. right? And, um, you know, I also think that uh, even the the starting price at 39000 um is is an interesting kind of entry level. I mean, it's not bottom line in terms of pickup trucks, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like that's, that's really affordable. And I, I think that they've always kind of pushed to, to make sure that they can, um, you know, get their vehicles their products into the hands of consumers and it's not just something that uh you know exists on a couple pages on the internet and a handful of people's garages yeah i think i totally agree with that point i think you look at the model three and now this with the base models they're pretty price competitive i'd say i mean the ford f-150 i believe right now like the base model of that i think is around 30k so it's cheaper but they're sort of in that space where they would tell you i mean this is a much more Mm -hmm 
you know, technologically advanced and better car. So they're kind of in that next tier, but they're still relatively competitive. It's only nine thousand dollars more. So it's it's not like they are pitching this as a hundred thousand dollar car for the super elite. You know? Right. I also like to think of Tesla as kind of a force of nature within an industry. They're mm-hmm. not necessarily going to create a product that's going to um, you know, be in the hands of every single consumer yeah. uh, immediately, but it's going to shape the way people and, and other companies design their products. I mean, we already see that with Ford, you know, creating their, uh, you know, first electric Mustang SUV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we start to see that now where we're they set the standard and people have to kind of catch up with them. Um, and and I really think that in that ecosystem, in that context, that's where Tesla, um, you know, will we'll try to be remembered for. Yeah. And it actually is kind of funny. One thing I was reading about this whole release is that even though we're talking about how price competitive this is and how good of a job they've done selling like their Model 3s mm-hmm. and the base level as well. Uh, Elon Musk basically said this is kind of a pet project. He doesn't even really care yep. that much if uh, these sell that well. And so, it shows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he definitely did not hold anything back in terms of design. I'm sure there were some people that were like, I don't know if that's great, but it's probably his baby. The um, unveiling looked like a video game release or you know, <laughs> exactly. launching something. Yeah. Of, yeah. Something you might see at E3 exactly. or something along those lines. Yeah. But um, I mean, there's there's... Plenty of specs to this that I would encourage people to check out if they're mm-hmm. interested in in transportation, the future of transportation, uh, some of the autonomous elements of this. I think there is some sort of autonomous driving capability, yeah, um, short range or something of that nature. I, I know that typically their vehicles are all set up with that ahead yeah. of time. And, uh, yeah. um, you know, and I, I think that that plays into what we're going to be looking at in the future of, you know, creating um, cities themselves that are built around this type of, of um, vehicle application. And, uh, you know, we even see that in, in this next segment that we wanted to talk about, which was, uh, um, you know, Vegas now bringing in um, uh, AI to their traffic lights, uh, you know, being able to make decisions um, that aren't just pre-programmed, pre-automated kind of, uh, you know, automation, um, but but actually being able to uh, uh, respond. And, and, and I think that that type of technology in play with some of the things that, you know, Tesla and other mm-hmm. companies are bringing out is uh, um, really going to change the way that we interact with our cities, the way that we interact um, with our uh, kind of general ecosystem and geography. And uh, um, I'm really excited to see what the future of that looks like as a, a physical manifestation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one show in, you're already segueing perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so that, was, that was very smooth. Uh, but yeah, let's dive into that next story. So I was reading the story in the uh, Wall Street Journal yesterday. It's about how Las Vegas is bringing AI to traffic lights, as you alluded to. So um, part of the article reads, with the help of artificial intelligence, the system counts the number of cars and passengers and captures vehicles' directions and movements, such as turning. So, so far, they have 30 intersections that have been equipped with cameras and sensors, mostly in that central business district. Uh, and the city plans to expand that to 80 in the next three months. So basically what they're doing is kind of, I mean, of course, getting more data on their most mm-hmm. busiest intersection. So instead of a standard red green situation where they're going to go, okay, every 60 seconds, we're going to go from red to green. They now have a better understanding of when cars are coming, what kind of cars in terms of, you know, are these cars with multiple passengers, things of that nature. So um, then they're able to basically send all that data to a data center. I think they said it's 10 miles away where they're Mm -hmm. breaking everything down. So I think it's a really good first step and it seems like a good investment. Obviously, they're spending um, you know, billions basically on doing this, but it's a step in the right direction for cities everywhere. I think that um, cities everywhere should be taking note of something like this. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, we're obviously going to see a, a lot of growth in that. We we have currently, um, you know, uh, we're looking here before this uh, segment at a uh, research firm, uh, International Data Corp, um, and they expect worldwide uh, smart city spending to grow to $189.5 billion mm-hmm. in 2023 uh, from a current, you know, um, $105 billion and, and, you know, having a, you know, almost $100 billion growth there in, in a, a couple of years is, uh, um, I think, really going to have a, a, a noticeable impact on on where this technology lies. Um, Vegas tends to be a hotbed for mm-hmm. this testing. I, mm-hmm. I, I I know that that's where even um, a lot of you know autonomous vehicles were, were yeah. started, and and you know it's uh, um, it, so it's interesting to see how you know an area like that kind of becoming that early adopter and, and really being the uh, the case study there for that um, you know will end up translating in the next couple of years to you know a, a place like Dallas who right. uh, you know needs some type of, of uh, transportation model. You know, granted, we have great highway systems. Mm-hmm. We have great, uh, you know, infrastructure, I think, for for commuters. But it's also, um, you know, we have a lot of them. <laughs> we have a lot of cars yeah. on the road. We have a lot of people. And, and you know, we're continuing to grow. So, um, I, you know, I want to see what the sustainability of, of that traditional model versus a new model like this looks like. Yeah, no, I mean, it is. it just kind of got me thinking. Sometimes you take things for granted. You know, we've had these stoplights set up for now generation after generation. And it's so rudimentary, basically. I mean, it has not changed for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there are some sensors they know they can switch the grid during rush hour so the bigger throughways get more green, things like that. But mm-hmm. generally, it hasn't changed much at all. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering why it took so long for cities to really dive into data. And I know it's become more accessible recently, but... Right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just surprised that it's even taken this long, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think that there's also a disconnect with what direction do we go in. So you have so many options, uh, including, um, you know, obviously sensor bearing materials that can go from, you know, almost every component of your vehicle mm-hmm. to, you know, the traffic lights like we're seeing here to even sensor uh, bearing pavement and roads yeah. where all of these things, you know, in conjunction can speak to one another. And um and, and really, where do you lay some of that um, that focus on in, when it comes to starting some of this? And I, mm-hmm. I think we're starting to see that here with obviously, um, you know, some of the traffic lights, some of the things that are easier to to uh, uh, retroactively mm-hmm. um, you right. know, change. But uh, um, yeah, I, I think it's really moving forward is, is where we're going to see a lot of the bigger growth. I think that the cities of the future have probably not been built yet. And yeah. um, so I'm, I'm really uh, um, interested to see kind of how we, we end up changing maybe some of our, our current, um, you know, large urban populous areas uh, versus, you know, really developing new things. Yeah. I mean, I was just happy here in Texas when they recently outlawed uh, red light cameras for oh, tickets. Yeah. So oh, that, yeah. that was a big development. <laughs> but this is obviously <laughs> much more significant and has, uh, like you said, the potential to really restructure the way cities are designed and, mm-hmm. and the way traffic flows, of course. One thing that's important I think a lot of people would probably have a concern with is, you know, we brought up earlier that these sensors are going to be able to track how many people are in vehicles, things Mm -hmm. like that. I think in general, there is a hesitancy for people to say this is maybe too big brother. Um, At least Vegas is saying that the systems that are being installed, the intersections will not uh, transmit or retain video rights and images which don't carry any personal identifying information. They're going to be destroyed immediately after the system takes down the details, takes the information. Mm-hmm. And so they are aware of those concerns. I think that's a good first step. I mean, I wouldn't be too concerned with that. Your car and your license plate and all that is already kind of already out exactly. there. cameras. But um, it's good to know that they are considering a, a privacy element, and that's important. And a lot of people 
would be concerned about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, we we kind of already forego that with carrying our personal devices sure, on us. Sure, sure. Uh, but I, I do think that, you know, um, uh, transparency and data mm -hmm. is going to be a huge yeah. factor for that. Yeah. I mean, we could have an entire show on privacy <laughs> exactly. and, and, and all of that. But um, right now we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to have a little bit more logistics and transportation news in a different way. So stay tuned. Have you ever thought to yourself, podcasts are pretty cool. I should use one to market my company. Good news. You're not alone. But where do you start? MarketSkills Thought Leadership Club makes it easy to dive into the world of B2B podcasting. With in-house podcast production, audio hosting, and more, MarketSkill can be your podcast partner that sets you up as a thought leader in your industry, creating the content that powers B2B. For more information, head to marketscale.com and find out what thousands of companies already know to be true, that podcasting is the future of thought leadership in B2B marketing. All right, we're back. Once again, this is Jeffrey Short alongside Taylor Bagley taking you into the weekend here on hello, Business hello. Casual. Um, this, these next two stories, and we'll start with the first one here, they're kind of an amalgamation of a lot of things that we've talked about either uh, just in that first segment or on Wednesday, but let's dive into this one here. Uh, UPS, which is going to be incredibly busy, I would imagine, the next couple days and weeks mm -hmm. as we approach the holiday season, the holiday rush. So Wednesday, we just spoke about the logistical nightmare headache that is mm -hmm. getting everyone's package to their door on the tight turnaround, all the returns they deal with, all of that. But something that they're they're looking beyond the holiday season here, it's really important, I think. Uh, the headline that I was reading about was titled, UPS to use sensors that can track medical packages at all times. So right now, I think people are familiar if they order something online, they can track it when it gets to certain new warehouse. You know, They know when it was shipped from the retailer, gets to the UPS distribution center, when it's out for delivery, and then home. There's sort of those Check benchmark yeah. checkpoints, right? Um, but increasingly, people are getting things that are very, you know, high value medically um, delivered to them through the mail. And so UPS is aware that they need to really do a better job. Uh, not that they're not doing a good job, but they need to really put a, an emphasis on making sure that these packages can be tracked at any moment because um, they they. Talk about a deadline. I mean, some people really need these things on a deadline. They need to be taking prescriptions, things of that nature. So, um, this is also an industry that we haven't seen a huge change in. Mm -hmm. In you know, I mean, it's been decades and decades. You know, as as uh, um, you know, we've done both uh, private and um, you know public. Um, mail systems and and you know it's it's uh i, I think it's, it's ripe for innovation and it's it's kind of ready to make those next steps um so having a uh, uh a system like this that can you know kind of take some of that that human element out of it um especially in those uh, mission critical scenarios mm -hmm. such as medical such yep. as uh um you know things that, that might have an, an impact on the well-being of, of people. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, I, I think it's it's overdue, frankly. But um, and you know this also ties really into some of the the topics we brought up earlier in the show. Um, you know sensor bearing roads and, right. and, and and you know technology within our vehicles and within our um, uh, infrastructure in general. I, I think all of these are going to play a role into really shaping and changing the ecosystem of how um, you know we as consumers who are 
honestly continuing to grow our consumption yep, rate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, 100%. Uh, um, you know, this is uh, uh, really going to have to be the answer for um, making sure that, that, you know, those mission critical um, uh, scenarios are, are met on time as well as, uh, you know, just making sure we're getting our, our Amazon you know, <laughs> packages yeah. on, on time. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, on that note, I think this sort of program, it's called UPS Premier. Uh, I think it probably will expand to other high priority things. I mean, maybe you could pay if you believe that your Amazon Alexa is a, a premier uh, priority package. Maybe you can sign up for a service that I feel like I would category. every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, again, to tell you all a little bit more about this, uh, UPS Premier, it will prioritize the handling of shipments such as personal medicines, DNA and gene therapies, investigative drugs, laboratory specimens, and implantable medical devices. So let's take a hypothetical where there's a huge medic or sorry, a huge weather event, they can then maybe reroute um, a plane or figure out some way where they can make sure that the package gets to its end point uh, on time. And so it's not going to be just lumped in with the Amazon Alexas and these other uh, random gift packages. So they are making sure through sensors um, and data and analytics, they can really just track packages more precisely. And uh, I think it's important that they're rolling it out through uh, truly important packages. They're not just saying, hey, anyone can kind of spend X amount of money to make sure that their whatever toy can get in the mail. But I think at some point that will come, which is I hope too. so. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think it will. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I think it's it's great, um, you know, and, and, and I look at, at the, uh, the the larger ecosystem that this allows you to have, you know, so so say you um, have a, a package being delivered on a truck. There's a, uh, mm -hmm. a you know hold up on the highway. There's a wreck, and and um, now we have a uh, an automated drone system that can go and pick up these packages, move yeah. them to you know a, a fully automated self driving vehicle, which then can <laughs> you know update the the recipient yeah. on you know an exact delivery time, and and all of this is happening in conjunction, you know, in real time immediately, um, and and I. I I, I think it's a bright future. I know mm -hmm. some people are skeptical of of data and, and of of how we're going to track everything and kind of you know relinquishing some of that control yeah, that absolutely. we currently have. Um, but I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, the the greater topic here is called precision logistics. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately kind of what we're talking about. Um, <clears throat> so at any given time, the UPS is going to know where your package is, and I think that's just. A step in the right direction. It's just the continuation of more information. You know, it used to be whenever it shows up, it shows up, and mm -hmm. now we know the precise window already for the most part. I mean, you order something on Amazon, you know, it's whatever Friday, November twenty second between the hours of eight thirty and nine thirty, I and mean, that's pretty remarkable as it is. But with something like this, where you really need to know, uh, it's important that UPS is making this kind of investment in this uh, tracking technology. And um, as you alluded to earlier, with just the ability, maybe. For a drone to pick up a package if there is an accident, something like that. I mean, UPS has been in the news a lot for their their drone work. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I do think that sort of whole ecosystem is kind of coming to fruition, and we'll see how it goes over time. This is supposed to launch in the early months of 2020, uh, so not too long from now. But um, and again, uh, just some other last minute notes on this for more details. But the new sensors interact with electronic readers in sorting and distributing operations using technologies including Bluetooth, cellular, and Wi-Fi. UPS employees can use that information to prioritize deliveries and change them as necessary. So that that uh, flexibility is mm -hmm. is a huge um, point of emphasis here. It's not just oh you know where it is. It's they can actually 
maneuver the package into a different direction to make sure it does get there on time. So I just want to make sure that uh, I got that in. Um, we're going to take one final quick break here, and then we're going to get into a fun story to end the week. Today's content is brought to you by MarketScale. Do you run a B2B business? Nobody creates more podcasts, videos, case studies, and blogs for B2B marketers like you than MarketScale. Ask us how we can help you today. All right, welcome back again. This is Jeffrey Short alongside Taylor Bagley. Last segment of the week. Um, You know, it's turkey time in America. Um, People are already putting up the power rankings online. What's the best Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. uh, part of the meal? Stuffing, cranberry, turkey, mashed potatoes, whatever it might be. Uh, We're going to talk about Chipotle, though. (laughs) <laughs> which is uh, has a longer maybe, my favorite Thanksgiving yeah. <laughs> as on as maybe a longer shelf life and 365 days mm-hmm. on the Thanksgiving uh, festivities, but um, it's really not a food story. Actually, it's more of an AI, not even AI, really just a software technology story. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're going to be you know using Alexa now. People can use that Amazon application to order their favorite Chipotle item. So. Um, Alexa will know sort of what your favorite order is. You can kind of say, this is my favorite order. Mm -hmm. And then you can tell your Alexa, hey, order my favorite order from Chipotle. It'll know all the specifications in your burrito. Um, And then you can go pick it up in the Chipotle lane, which is sort of the uh, online ordering delivery, or not delivery, but online ordering uh, pickup Mm drive-through. So it's just another innovation, I think, that we've seen in, in the fast food space. They're really just, every week, it seems, there's a new tech-oriented way that people can get their food faster and, and on time. Yeah, and, and you might know more about this, but my understanding of this uh, application here is um, you know, actually being able to order that with you know, uh, Alexa as, as a digital assistant mm-hmm. there. So you know, uh, giving your order rather than you know, kind of saving a favorite or, or, right. or things like that, being able to order in real time with uh, kind of that, that conversation, the, the way that that happens. And um, you know, frankly, any way that I can uh, integrate and automate uh, Chipotle in my life more, <laughs> I'm, I'm on board for. So I, I want to look at uh, uh, how that works, <laughs> definitely. But um, uh, I, I think it's really interesting. I think that it's a first step in, in many ways. Ways that we uh, interact with uh, people and with with our, our uh, purchasing processes, um, where you know we can utilize a, a digital assistant mm-hmm. like this, and um, um, uh, it's it's really cool to see you know a company like Chipotle uh, leading the way. I, I know that there's there's some other uh, restaurants who uh, have also touched into this area, but um, yeah, this is uh, this one I think is going to be a, a, a kind of that that precipice that we're going to reach mm-hmm. when when other um, when this becomes the the standard and then yeah. All, yeah and at the top of the show I mentioned how some of these stories are very well connected to some of the things that we've mm-hmm. spoken about uh, in previous shows so uh, last show we talked about how KFC is sort of using technology to make their um, their delivery with mm-hmm. Grubhub and making that all faster making sure that their queues in the um, ordering systems tablets are not getting totally out of whack so um, one thing that really stood out to me about this is that, and it's something I didn't really consider previously is that Chipotle is in an interesting spot because every single order is custom. Mm-hmm. They don't have just the number one, the number two. Exactly. You, know, you put any given item on there that you want out of an option list of what, like 15, something like that? Exactly. So the idea that they can kind of save your favorite order, make your profile is huge for them because mm-hmm. it's just going to come out straight away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that they have to then jot down everything. Um, 
So that's huge. And another thing that this is related to that we've spoken about recently is Chipotle is sort of pioneering conversational marketing as well. So they earlier this year were testing um, automated phone orders so that they weren't having an employee kind of do the same thing, you know, jot down your order based on uh, what you're saying, but it's now kind of done through a bot. And that's something that here at MarketScale, we are just recognized as a top 50 conversational marketer by Drift. So that's something we Ooh. were excited about. But uh, seeing that in the restaurant space, pretty interesting. I hadn't, I did not know that they were doing that until recently. So um, they're yeah. really just kind of diving into the technology and it's making their burritos faster. I think fast food, that's pretty much priority number one. Obviously, you want to get the order right and everything and taste good, but getting it right is a huge part of your fast food reputation. And it looks like they're taking pretty big steps to make it uh, not only accurate, but uh, faster. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that this story really kind of ties in everything that we've spoken about here um, in this uh, uh, segment, which is really, you know, technology being utilized to uh, better the customer experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think over the years we've seen, um, you know, so many leaps in, in uh, automating and and revolutionizing you know manufacturing and production and kind of the the back you know behind the curtain processes yep. that that can help uh you know drive revenue and and things of that nature but really the name of the game and and we've we've kind of gone through this both from uh you know Tesla to the AI to to here with uh Chipotle and Alexa is is technology being utilized to make the consumer experience and the customer experience a uh, a better more you know a seamless kind of uh um integrated mm -hmm. uh system and 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 I, I think that that's great i'm i'm really excited about how all of these these topics we've talked about today are going to play into one another yeah no it's it's looking like a very tech oriented future i think that comes as no surprise to anyone but uh you can get it in your car you can get it in your fast food mm -hmm. you can get it driving around las vegas so uh we're going to be inundated pretty quickly here with tech, but I think it's all pretty positive stuff. So, uh, Taylor, thanks so much for joining us Absolutely. again. This Thank is a fun show. Me here. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll see you next week.